Welcome to the Up Tip of Podcast. I'm Craig Cameron. Joining me once again is Caleb Knight. Caleb, man, we witnessed a great NBA Finals this season. A lot of storylines, but at the end of the day, it was Bucks and Six. And we were both wrong on predictions. You had Suns and Six, I had Suns and Seven. But nonetheless, it was a great NBA Finals. What what stood out most to you in that series? I mean, I can't name just one thing. That was a, a heck of a series. Uh, after the first two games, I was a little worried it was going to be a dud. I was very worried, I'm going to admit. Bucks obviously turned it around for the better, four straight. Just unbelievable set of games right there for them towards the end. I hate that it's over, the season in general, but I'm kind of glad it ended that way. It was a great way to end it if it had to come to an end. Yeah, I mean, it was – I think it was the best NBA Finals since the 2016 2016- Cavs Warriors series that went to seven games yeah not not necessarily just because you know it was back and forth but I think just you know the first three games they were double digit wins by uh first two with the Phoenix Suns when both those games in uh at, uh at home and then the Bucks come home dominated by 20 points and then the next the last three games were just down to the wire close fourth quarter games and I think what stuck me the most was how clutch the Bucks were in late game situations with Drew Holiday's defense, Chris Middleton's scoring, and Giannis' just ability to finish at the rim continuously and consistently. And I think we can all agree that the play of the series had to be the Drew Holiday stealing alley-oop to Giannis at the end of game five. I think that there was no coming back for the Suns at that point, and that was just a huge – momentum switch in that series because Suns like came back from 16 down the first quarter in game five but at the end of the day you know they can't they made all the way back Bucks to that big lead in the fourth quarter Suns battled back to make it a one-point game Devin Booker with the ball in his hands with about 20 seconds left you're thinking he's about to do something incredible with it and Drew Holiday comes out of nowhere steals the ball and that's basically in the game five I mean because you know Chris Paul fouled Giannis in that Alley-oop slam and made a two-position game. That game was definitely, at least in my opinion, the best game of the series. I mean, I'm with you. That was the momentum game right there. You know, sure, Milwaukee had it up 2-2. They just split the home series, basically. Uh, with, with Phoenix having game seven at home, I think game five was key. Obviously, you've got the stat where I think it's 68% of teams to win game five or something like that end up winning the series. So, a whole lot of things played into it. But, uh, yeah, that game – was the premier game for the series, really, in my opinion. I mean, just everything you want in a basketball game, I'll just right there to sum up the entire series, the entire playoffs, the entire season, really. And uh, I want to ask you a question regarding the series. Who was the bigger disappointment for Phoenix? Was it Chris Paul or was it DeAndre Aiden? It's hard to say. Um, Obviously, first finals trip for both those guys – the way Aiton had been playing throughout the entire playoffs, I'm tending to lean towards him being more disappointing. But also, you got to look at who he was stacked up against every night. And, you know, really, from the other end of it, Chris Paul, yeah, it was his first finals. That means a bet. He's been in the league a long time. Sure, he struggled with injuries lately. It hasn't been his best playoff run. But I'd, I'd say, from a vet standpoint, obviously, Paul, but just overall dominance. Yeah, he was up against Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, who had, had his little coming out party in game six. I'd have to lean. Aiton was a little bit more disappointing. 
Okay, I'm going to go with Chris Paul, honestly, just because I think, like you said, he is the veteran presence. This was DeAndre Ayton's first playoff run, and I think going in that series, you're having him going against Giannis, Bobby Porras, Brick Lopez. That's, that's a couple big guys. I mean, like, and yeah. with, with Sarich going down early in the series with the ACL injury, it was all on Ayton. So, I mean, I think Ayton did the best he could in a way. I'm not giving him any slack, though, because – 14 points and six rebounds in a closeout, like not a closeout game, but a must-win game in game six. I don't want to say it's unacceptable, yeah. but you, you can't have those stats. And Chris Paul, you haven't been there before, but at the same time, this is this is your one chance. DeAndre Aiden has plenty of chances to get back there to that moment. Yeah. Chris Paul, this was it. And you're going to go out there and struggle in games four and five while Devin Booker's put up back-to-back 40-point games. I mean, you you can't have a you know your teammate who's ten years younger than you. All the pressure on them. I, I mean, it's right. Devin Booker. It's got and you could you could tell. I mean, like you know, game six he had a very slow start. He still was able to get in his rhythm a little bit, but you could tell that it was mentally affecting him. That man, I just scored back to back forty point games, and we still can't get a win. Like, well, yeah. what what else do I need to do? Yeah, you got to kind of feel hopeless at that point. There was a lot on Aiden's plate, like I was saying. But really, my whole deal with it is Chris Paul had a whole disappointing playoffs, really, in my yeah. opinion. This entire run hasn't been great for him. He had 32 points first game of the finals. Thought, you know, he was finally going to turn it up. I'm here now. Let's flip that switch and win one. I think just the way the first three series went down compared to how the fourth one played, I just kind of – Aiden kind of fluttered out there at the end for me. Yeah, like you said, you know, it really – I think on Aiden's part, it had to do with matchups more because you got a player like we saw Bam Adebayo. He, he dominated last year in the playoffs, and that was without Bobby Portis where Giannis playing a big factor in that series last year. And Bam kind of got shut down that first round this year. And I, I, for a little bit, I was saying, you know, there was that whole DeAndre Aiden versus Bam Adebayo debate, like who was the better player – and I was like, man, you know, DeAndre Aiden, with how he's been playing these playoffs, I would probably give him the edge just because, you know, he's been yeah. crashing the glass, like scoring 20 points per game, getting 14 rebounds per game. I don't see Bam fighting for boards where, you know, being that lethal <laughs> and that cons- uh, consistent on offense. So, but that's where recency bias comes into play. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. got, you got DeAndre Aiden then going against the Bucks and how big and tall they are. It, it's It's tough to score on them, but I think, you know, Obviously, you had Drew Holiday, first-team all-defensive point guard, playing against Chris Paul. That that definitely hurt them. But at the same time, I mean, you're you're a veteran. You know how to score even against the best of the best on defense. So, I expected more from Paul. That's why I have to go Chris Paul on that part. I feel you. And also, I want to get into, you know, it's it, ne- it rarely happens. I think it was the fifth time it's ever happened that a team has won – a finals after trailing two nothing in the series. The last time it happened was the Cavs in 2016, and we've seen a team win four straight. Last time was 2006 with the Heat over the Mavericks. What do you think flipped the switch of momentum for Milwaukee to win four straight after going down two nothing? You have all the media, all the fans saying uh, Suns in four. You have the guy, the Suns in four meme going on. What 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 kind of switch momentum for them? I don't know because I mean that wasn't a typical momentum switch. Like if you look at those last four games of the series, 
versus the first two, it was a completely different Bucks team. Like it, it feels like, yeah, it went to six. It felt like a sweep. Like honestly, it feels like those two games did not matter at all at the beginning. I, th- I think a lot of that is credited obviously to Giannis. Uh, that whole locker room as a whole. I know we were talking about it on the last episode. Would Milwaukee, would their role players benefit from the Giannis injury? I think they did. I mean, obviously Giannis still averaged, you know, he's dropping 40 the past three games, 50 to game six to close it out. But I think everything, it was the perfect storm for the Bucks. Obviously it worked out really well. Uh, Middleton, Holiday, Bobby Portis, they all just had hex of series. They just did not want to lose. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm glad it happened, though. Yeah, I, I think – a lot of it had to do with probably Milwaukee's veteran experience. And like you mentioned, we talked about in the last episode regarding the Giannis injury. We also talked about in the last episode that what happens if Phoenix goes down 3-2? How yeah. would they respond? And I mentioned, you know, the lack of experience, the young core, how would they handle that pressure? And I think they handled it pretty well in game six. I really do. You know, they and especially after that, they went down 13 points in the first quarter. They went on a huge run in the second quarter to take the lead into halftime. So yeah. I wouldn't say they entirely fell under the, all the pressure. But we also said, you know, Milwaukee, they had already come back from 3-2. So I feel like Milwaukee was that team that faced the most ad- adversity in these playoffs that was able to overcome everything they, they faced. Because, definitely, I mean, they went down – Three to t- they went down two nothing to the the Nets also and obviously there was a Kyrie Irving injury but at the same time it's it's tough to come down from uh, two nothing we get to win four out of five especially against a Nets team like that and yeah. also against a Suns team like that I mean it's they they took the tough road yeah I mean Milwaukee they just they it felt like they were always in control yeah like after game two obviously it was a little shaky what's happened with Milwaukee but. As soon as, you know, the ball was tipped off game three, it was just, oh, okay. Yeah, the Bucks are fine. They got Giannis. Middleton's doing his thing. Holly's locking it down on defense. Everybody's fine. I'm with you on the the young guys with Phoenix. Obviously, just being Chris Paul, who doesn't have any finals experience on the team. Uh, I think that'll benefit them in the long run. It just, you know, ultimately, it was Milwaukee's time. We talked yeah. about last episode – When's Milwaukee going to get there? It feels like they they need to. They need to win one. And, you know, it happened to me this year. You got to feel bad for Heat legend Jay Crowder, man. Two straight trips to the finals, losing in uh, six games both times. Still a Heat legend, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, he he does have four total wins in the finals. I mean, that's good enough for a ring. He Somehow, could get like a, like a ring pop. Is that yeah? <laughs> a ring pop. <laughs> a ring pop. Yeah, it's a participation ribbon. I won four finals games. Speaking of participation, tro- like trophies were rings. Tory Craig for the Phoenix Suns still does get a ring if he wants it for starting the season out in Milwaukee. That's finesse in the system right there. He knew something we didn't I, know. I feel like we uh, see that every single season too. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it happened recently. I don't know if it was last year with the Heat. Was it last year with the Heat or the year before? The year before. Somebody had the opportunity. I know you had Anderson Verjal. I feel like I feel like Avery, it was. was it Avery Bradley, too? No. JaVel McGee was one, too. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm thinking of from two, three years ago. It happens yeah, it, a good bit. It happens, yeah, it happens a good bit, which is kind of weird. Like, you wouldn't think it would happen that much where – and obviously, usually it's a role player, but 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy though. I mean, it worked out for you. Your your boy can get a ring if he wants it. Yeah, legend Tory Craig, man. My my friend the other day asked me, he's like, "What what's up with you and Tory Craig?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Why are you just a big fan of him? Like he's a role player." I was like, "Bro, his last name's Craig." Yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder's a Heat <laughs> legend. Tory Craig is a Craig legend. It's pretty simple. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, man. I mean, it was a great series. I definitely enjoyed it. Did not understand all the talk about this was the worst NBA Finals we could have gotten. Yeah, I don't like, buy it. I, I the only people who said that were Lakers and Nets fans, and they were just yeah. pressed and mad that their teams weren't in it. I don't get why Lakers fans are still talking. I mean, they've been out for a while. I I don't know, man. <laughs> they they're they're special. Um, another thing is yeah. we can talk about this. Kevin Durant, how crazy is it that if his foot is about two inches back, the Milwaukee Bucks are not NBA champions? Yeah. Uh, that three-point shot, or that two-point shot could have been three-point yeah, shot. The, the one that's in the overtime, yeah. I still don't think the, the Suns are champions. Uh, I think it's, it was the net to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I and I, I, I talked about this, like, couple episodes back when like actually it was before the playoffs started i think we were talking about you know you have philadelphia and atlanta on one side and then you have milwaukee and brooklyn on the other side i think milwaukee and brooklyn were obviously the two best teams in the east yeah and i was telling you you know that was the conference finals 100 obviously you know we didn't get what we wanted with atlanta and milwaukee the whole trey young injury and you know Giannis also hyperextending his knee but at the end of the day Besides Sarich, there weren't really any NBA, NBA Finals injuries, which I was very grateful for as a fan because as many, as many injuries we had in the playoffs, that was kind of shocking, I guess, to me that it didn't carry into the finals. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one thing we, we, we've got to talk about. It. Giannis, high person in his knee three and a half weeks ago. Three and a half weeks ago, he went and dropped 50 points Tuesday night. Which, in my opinion, is the best closeout game in the NBA Finals I've seen in my generation, like my time period of being alive. I, I can't think of anything right off the bat that combat. I, I'm with you, though. Like, closeout performance. I mean, he, that man just wanted it. It's, it's, I'm glad to see him win one. I would have liked to see CP3 get a ring, but watching Giannis win one, being able to take the trophy then, He's just a great dude. His content since winning it has been amazing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Giannis has had one of the best finals performances we've ever seen in this like this generation yeah. of basketball. Like the players are in the NBA today, like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. I think his finals performance this this past week, this past two weeks, was better than any of them. Because I mean, he averaged 35 points per game. 13 rebounds per game, five assists per game, one steal per game, and two blocks per game. That's crazy. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And Chris Milton, you know, had 24 points per game, six rebounds per game, five assists per game, one steal per game. And then Drew Holiday averaging almost a double-double with 16 and 10, uh, or 16 and 9 with uh, assists and points. But, I mean, man, it's it was a well-rounded team effort from them. They got – a lot from Giannis that helped put them over the top, but Chris Milton stepped up big and a lot of people were talking about him 
possibly getting the finals MVP over Giannis. But no. I, just, I didn't see that happening. It was just a lot of recency bias without him him having that 40-point game in game four. Yeah. I was like, nah, man. Like, you can't – this is Giannis' team. I, I'm sick of the whole Batman-Robin with Chris Milton being Batman. I'm like, dude, no. Giannis – Chris Milton's not doing it on both sides of the court. Like, he's – or both ends of the court. Giannis is the one that carries his team nine in and nine out. It's just he doesn't get that those flashy style points that Chris Milton gets. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Giannis dominated the entire playoffs. I'm looking at the thing now. He led the, the entire playoffs in points scored. He led them in total rebounds. Frankly, it was a close in points scored. Middleton Middleton can have his game four performance or what game was it when he dropped 40? Was it game four or game five? Game four. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have that performance all series if he wanted to, but without Giannis, the Phoenix is hoisting the trophy right now. I think I think Game Five really stood out to me the most about the Bucks because that was when you had the entire like trio at their best playing together. You had Giannis drop thirty two and nine, Chris Wilson drop twenty nine seven and five, and then Drew Holiday dropped twenty seven thirteen and had three steals, including the game winning steal. So it was there was no beating that team that night, and that's along <laughs> with Chris Paul having twenty one and eleven, DeAndre Aiden having twenty and ten and Booker having 40 points. And a lot of that had to do with turnovers. I mean, Milwaukee had 16 points off turnovers and is getting out-rebounded. Milwaukee had 11 offensive rebounds. So that's that's really what did it for them. And obviously getting the free throw line was crucial for Milwaukee in the series. Giannis was very good at that, getting to the line, and just dom- dom- dominated, dominated in game six, making 17 of 19, which is – just insane for hit like yeah, what thought. he what he's done in these playoffs with struggling from the line. It makes me and like we can talk about also his you know the the whole counting with the ten seconds thing. Before game six, I'm watching NBA tip off. This dude is catching the ball, dribbling, dribbling twice, and shooting free throws in six seconds. Not if if that, and drilling yeah. them. I'm like, why don't you do this in the games? Like, is this just for a show? Like, you're, you're just edging the crowd on? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's – I love Giannis, though, man. He's, he's been an absolute clown on social media with, you know, edging the fans on and being hilarious. I don't know if you saw him in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru after, yeah. the, after the finals. That drive-thru worker either, either had no idea who he was or she was just doing her Chick-fil-A service and – you know, I guess being respectful, but yeah, she was man. being extremely professional about it. Yeah, I don't think she knew who she was. He was though, because uh, no he, way. Yeah, I, he I was. She was so surprised when he he said, "Can I put you on cameras? One hundred fifty thousand people watching right now." And he's like, "She's like, really? One hundred fifty thousand? Have you seen that video of him? Uh, he's leaving the parking deck with the trophy, and he lets that guy touch the Lario trophy. Uh-uh. Oh, it's a great video. I'll show you that later. Hey, he's sitting in his car, and some fan walks up to him and he's like, "Can I touch the trophy?" He's like, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> this is a great dude. Man, of the, <laughs> man so of the people. Man of the people. Honestly. Okay, so we talked about the NBA finals. Talked about you know all the storylines from it. Where does Phoenix? Where Where do both teams go from here? The Milwaukee Bucks. They're pretty much set right now. They just came off a championship. At the same time, though, you got to think this team was down 2 nothing to the Brooklyn Nets with before Kyrie's injury. And I think everyone knows that the Brooklyn Nets are coming back next year stronger than they were this year. Where, where do you think Milwaukee goes with, I guess, adding pieces 
Or like, do you see them having any weaknesses? Or what can they do to improve as a team that's already won a championship? Their main key this offseason is obviously keeping the core together, which they'll be able to do. Uh, that main three of Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. Yeah, the only, the they, only person that's a free agent for them is P.J. Tucker. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him walk. Mainly, though, I think their key right now is bidding role players. Obviously, yeah. they had uh, Forbes show up in the first round. Forbes and Portis yeah. are both – they both have a player option. So, they can leave. And they most likely will. Forbes' player option is for $2 million and Bobby's is for $3 million. Bobby's going to get paid double digits. Yeah, I, th- I think Bobby Portis – I think you could see him walk. He'll definitely get paid even if it comes back. I think their key right now is role players, good bench people. Phoenix, on the other hand – do you let Chris Paul go? I don't know. That's I think that's the biggest question for Phoenix's offseason, obviously. Yeah. Because he is getting older. There's a, a lot of free agents. Where there's a lot of point guards that are looking to be moved right now in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you want this, but at the same time, I could you see maybe I don't even know Ben Simmons, where you could see a Ben Simmons, Damian see- Lillard, or Colin Sexton, like there could be like one of those trades for Phoenix where you just like go all in for the future, or like a win now scenario, which they did. They see, did for Chris Paul too. Yeah, I could see a move for Sexton. They really need to improve the three and the four. Chris Paul, I, it's going to obviously depend on what they do with Chris Paul. What What would you think about essentially a swap if Chris Paul goes to the Lakers, which that talk is apparent because the Lakers get everybody apparently. Uh, <laughs> If Phoenix picked up Schroeder, I don't know that I'd give him 100 mil. But, I mean, he's a younger guy. Almost his version was Chris Paul. And you've probably got room to improve the three and four. Yeah, and that's the thing, Phoenix, right now. They got a lot of guys on early contracts. You got Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, and Cameron Johnson, all still on the rookie deals. You got Devin Booker, your only max player guaranteed right now. So – Basically, you're paying if Chris obviously if Chris Paul get accepts his, his deal or declines it and signs for more or even a cheaper deal, that's basically your max slot filled up right there for your like our best player. If you decline Chris Paul, you bring Colin Sexton in. You're looking at maybe could you possibly see a guy like Kawhi Leonard going there? I mean. It's the NBA. Anything's possible yeah. <laughs> right now. Because I don't know if they, if they could get Sexton and Kawhi, I feel like that'd be tough. Uh, really, I think anybody who's more of a consistent scorer than Chris Paul is is going to benefit that team. Could you all see Demar Derozan? I could. I could see Demar. The the Dame Ben Simmons Kawhi that feels a little far fetched for Phoenix. I'm I'm sure they could pull it off, but. I don't know. I just feel like even now they still don't have that capability to draw in the superstars. Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely helps, though, with the run they just made and the young core they have. That's kind of, I thought, like with Atlanta right now. If you put a package together for, I would say, DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter and, like, a future, future on draft picks, first-round draft picks, Yeah, you could possibly pull in something like Paul George if, he, if Kawhi leaves L.A., they're – Paul George is probably going to be open on the trade, mar- trade market or even someone like another superstar small forward that they, they could possibly pry away from someone for a lot of young talent and draft picks. 
I'm I'm looking at Atlanta just plugging someone in. Yeah, answer this: If you were a player like that and you had the option, would you rather go to Atlanta or would you rather go to Phoenix? I think I would lean Atlanta. Obviously, Brooklyn is shaky with injuries and just team chemistry, and then Milwaukee. Philly's a toss-up. The Heat are a toss-up. Everybody else is a toss-up. I would rather go for the Hawks than the Suns right now and have to run through the West. I'd, I'd rather take the East. Better weather. <laughs> better weather for sure. It's not uh, as hot. <laughs> better competition. Uh, yeah, this turned into a, a pro Hawks podcast again somehow. But <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just throwing teams out there. Like I, I think oh, yeah, I got you. right now, you know, you have teams like Phoenix and Atlanta who are just in such good positioning because they have players on rookie deals right now and they can afford to have a max contract on there with a lot of depth around them, which you yeah. rarely see in the NBA. And that's what Phoenix was able to do this year with Chris Paul, have him paid that much money because you have players like DeAndre Aiden, Cameron Johnson, Mikael Bridges, who are starters and big time players for them on those rookie deals all still. So I think you can still see it with Phoenix plugging someone in, but that's that's the biggest question this offseason is what they do with Chris Paul or if Chris Paul leaves. I, I think ultimately he'll leave. Uh, I think we'll finally get LeBron and CP3. I hope not, but I feel like that's what it's looking like. Uh, Phoenix, they just, like I said earlier, they need a more consistent score to pair with Book and Aiden. And that's where you, you, you need a point guard like Chris Paul that can score and also pass the ball because I think that's what's helped Booker this year the most is finally having a point guard who can make plays for him and get like you know work on getting him open and finding him down the floor. Would you give away a few years of veteran experience just off of how Chris's last series went or last playoff run went? and go for a guy like Kyle Lowry if you're Phoenix? I would, based on defensive purposes, championship experience already. I think it would work. That, that could be an option. You're going to have teams like Miami and Philadelphia already after him. Could you also – I'm not saying that this will happen, but Kimba Walker, I know yeah. he's injury prone, but at the same time, he's going to get shipped soon, I feel like. I don't see him staying in. And OKC, I don't. Yeah. I think he's gonna want to leave eventually. He was very hurt after that trade. I don't know, man. I think Phoenix, Phoenix is probably the hot spot for a point guard right now, along with Philadelphia. Yeah, Phoenix is not on book right now. Trying to see how it plays out. I don't think Chris Paul stays. I'm just really excited to see how it unfolds. So and, you, d- you, know, you definitely hope- think you definitely think the Lakers are the spot for Chris Paul if he leaves. Most likely, I think it's you know. You know, the, the trade gets shut down forever ago. Him and LeBron are buddy-buddy. They're both over the hill. Yeah. Won't push for the ring. It just – Hey, man, Carmelo is also a free agent. You know, I hate the Lakers, but if they could pull that off, I'd root for the L.A. to come out of the West. How how would how would D-Wade feel if the banana boat finally teamed up together and he was retired? I mean, he's got more rings than two of them, so I'm sure he would be okay. I know, but, like, you know, that's that's kind of hurt, like, your three best friends playing together and you're just sitting over there in Utah Actually, in the freezing cold. Yeah, let's not let that happen. <laughs> Knowing him, he'd unretired join the Lakers, so I wouldn't be able to watch basketball. 
Yeah, that would that would hurt my soul if yeah. D Wade came out retired like the Lakers. Happen. It couldn't happen. Can you can you play in the NBA after your, your jersey's retired? It's not league wide retired, so I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in this nightmare scenario, uh, I think Wade would. I mean, he wouldn't be in Miami, uh, so I guess it wouldn't matter. But you know, it's never gonna happen. So it's never gonna happen. Never, absolutely never. I'm kind of worried it'll happen though. <laughs> I think we just spoken into existence. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Phoenix. That's that's gotta be their biggest offseason thing. I don't see. Milwaukee adding anyone, it'd be interesting to see what they do with PJ Tucker. I think PJ Tucker would resign with them just because why not? But yeah, bring, I think I think Bobby Portis is more of a need bring back than PJ Tucker. I think yeah, obviously PJ Tucker defensive talent and his hustle on defense. I mean, Bobby Portis though had a huge playoff run for them and off the bench, and he's younger. You got him basically getting paid. Three million a year right now, and PJ Tucker was getting paid nine million of the year. I would just throw PJ Tucker aside, just pay him 12. Bobby, yeah, yeah, just combine I'm those two contracts Portis for him. Do what I'm a, I'm a big Bobby Portis fan, though. I wouldn't mind him in Miami. I'm with you, though. I don't think Milwaukee makes a splash. Uh, I wouldn't They're, be surprised they really don't to need to. Him. I mean, they don't. The only splash they need to make is firing Bud. No, I still keep him around. So we can maybe we'll slip up again next season. Maybe it was a flip. Did you see did you see the fan at the parade had the, the fire bud sign? Yeah. Like dude, they had just won a championship and you're you're wanting them to fire your coach. That's hilarious. Hey, hey, bud owes Giannis a lifetime of favors. For sure. Oh, my favorite stat of the finals. Have you heard of the Bucks palindrome? The palindrome? You know, palindrome, yeah, it's like race car. It's the same spelled forward as it is backwards like that. No. All right. You, okay, well, here's a little quick lesson. Palindrome is you write out the word race car, spell it forward and spell it backwards, it's spell the same word, whatever. Bucks palindrome. If you take their consecutive wins, losses, and write them down, like so many wins, then so many losses, then so many wins, so many losses. Here's this. Start of the series. Four, two, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, two, four. That's all straight wins and losses. Palindrome. Same number four and back. That's pretty cool. And if you take so the basically heat, they start out, they start out four against the Heat and they finish four against the Suns. Like it, it, it was all the same in between. Yeah, yeah. They won four, lost two, one, two, lost one. Uh yeah, and then it alternates to where they ended winning four. That is pretty cool. And then cool. if you take the, the the start, middle, and end numbers, you get 414 with the Milwaukee area code. That's dope. That's so that's that's really cool. It's destiny, I guess. There's always there's always an interesting stat like that. Yeah, there's always something weird. All right, before before we go into the offseason. Who's your early pick for next season finals? Before the draft, before the offseason, like who is probably in the best position to make it there next year? I don't I don't want to go with a cliche answer because every time I did that, this whole playoff series, it ended up being the opposite. The Hawks, I like Atlanta. I like what they're building. I think they can make a splash in free agency. 
re-sign Collins, maybe avoid the Max to get a bigger name. Like I was saying earlier, the East is in good shape to compete in. I'll go with the Hogs. West? West. The return of Golden State. I like the Warriors to do something. That's, that's who I got. I got I got the Warriors, but I got the Nets. I got the Nets. When you got, yeah, I mean, you got it's, it's, it's probably gonna be the Nets. I hope not, but will be interesting though is what will Blake Griffin do this offseason with how well he played for Brooklyn after sh- pretending that he wasn't good anymore in, in Detroit? <laughs> Finesse us all. Get that back, young man. Uh, I think he'll stay. I don't want him to. He obviously contributed well. He didn't finesse himself into a starting role the last couple games of the playoffs. I think he'll stay. I mean, it probably is going to be the the Nets out of the East. I think they'll kind of keep that core together. I wouldn't be shocked if DeAndre Jordan wasn't on the team next year. Uh, Spencer did when he'll be healthy. They're going to have to pay that man. Well, he's probably going to go somewhere else. He's a free agent. You think he'll leave? I think so. With with the whole Kyrie and Harden situation, he'd be he'd be a six man, but I don't think he's worth a six man. That's fair. It depends on his loyalty and how much I guess he wants to win a ring or compete. Yeah, but he would he would be coming off the bench for, definitely for sure. Definitely, yeah. In in Brooklyn, he would be. We'll see. So you got you got Hawks Warriors. I got Nets Warriors. Clay Thompson's back. And man, the Warriors got they got they got a lot of stuff going on this offseason. They got Clay Thompson coming back. You got I think I believe two first round draft picks, and you got Aaron Wiggins who could be on the move. You got I'm Andre. waiting. I think the Warriors are about to make a splash in free agency. I do too. They're gonna. I think they got I, something. I wouldn't. Do. I wouldn't say free agency because they have no money or cap space, but they're about to make a big trade. I, I feel Something, it. Yeah, something's cooking. I'm, I'm excited to see how this offseason plays out. I don't, I don't frankly care about the East. If the Heat aren't going to compete, just let's go Warriors. <laughs> well, uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Uptimo Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Until next time. Beep.